Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am so, so pleased that you are all here with us today. Uh, We've got a wonderful, wonderful show in store for you. And for some of those who are regular listeners of Talk Radio NYC, uh, you may even recognize my guest. And I will be introducing her in just a moment. But first, of course, I have my little section from my book, Everyday Awakening. Um, Kind of a rather apropos section, I think, for today's guest, which is entitled, Pressure Can Serve Us If We View It As Something That Supports Us. Pressure is a funny thing. It can make us stronger, like a diamond, or it can break us down, like broken glass. The key to getting stronger is time and perspective. If we are put under pressure for an extended period of time, we will break. Yet shorter exposure to pressure actually helps us grow. And a great deal of what happens to us has to do with our internal story. Is it a bad thing happening to us? Or is it a necessary force that helps us to achieve something? We all respond to pressure differently. We all have different stories around pressure. Some people thrive under pressure. Some people just cave in and collapse. When we can examine what our pressure story is, we can better deal with it. A lot of it has to do with our basic operating system. Do we believe life is out to get us? Do we believe life is here for us? Do we believe things always work out for us? Do we believe we never get a break? All of these hidden thought patterns affect how we respond to the normal pressures of life. They also dictate how we respond to the extraordinary pressure of an unexpected event. Do we take it as an opportunity to grow or do we view it as another annoyance? How we bring ourselves into the situation is key. 
Are we curious and excited? Do we have foreboding and dread? Pressure pushes us forward in many ways, as long as we feel the pressure is not out to destroy us. We all have pressure in our lives. We can't escape it. Yet we can learn to view it in ways that support us. It is all up to us. Change the story around pressure and you will change your life. Are you feeling pressure that is stopping you from being your best? Can you reframe that pressure into something that is supporting you? So it, it's quite interesting because I wrote this um, this post, I wrote this section of the book uh, quite a while ago, like long before the pandemic. And I remember when I was going through and and selecting out different blog, you know, different posts and what I was going to include the book with my editor, I, I came across this one. I was like, we definitely have to include this because I felt it was so apropos for, for, for these last couple of years. But I actually wrote this about a, a, a personal situation that I went through was it four years ago, four and a half, maybe five years ago by now. Um, where I um, had a very challenging situation to deal with. And I felt a lot of pressure myself. And after I got through it, and and I got the support that I I was looking for, and, and I was able to see the gifts of this very challenging situation. And I realized that that pressure that I felt it was mostly internal and it was mostly around my own story about what was going on, that it didn't really have to do so much with the external uh, situation of what was actually happening to me. And I reflected back on it and I thought, you know, like I know people who just thrive on pressure. They just love it. They, they, they like, they take to it like a fish to water. That's not me. I, I tend to shy away from pressure situations. And, and I was thinking like, what's the difference between that person and me? Why do they like, you know, thrive under pressure and I don't? And that's where I realized it's all around our story, as is everything in life. I mean, this isn't unique to pressure, but I think it's sort of eye-opening when we think about it. We, we tend to think of pressure as such a negative thing, as, oh, you know, pressure stresses us out. But does pressure have to stress us out? It really doesn't. And, you know, we've all heard the old uh, analogy of, you know, pressure is what turns coal into a diamond, the hardest substance known on earth. But pressure doesn't always turn something into diamond. Sometimes pressure, too much pressure, overwhelming pressure, or pressure when we don't have a good frame of mind or a good reference for it as a way of serving us can really crush us and destroy us and, and, and make things unbearable for us. But ultimately I kind of feel, and, and this is something that I've learned a lot from working with one of my mentors, Jennifer Huff. 
it, a lot of our, our stories, a lot of our attitudes comes down to one basic fundamental thing. Do we feel that life is here supporting us? Or is life just some random chaotic thing that, that there's no compassion and doesn't care what happens to us? And, and it was something, and actually I remember thinking this way back long ago when I was in high school, when, when an upperclassman like first introduced me to the idea of reincarnation. And I just thought, and, and again, just my personal view, you don't have to share it, but I just felt like when I heard the concept that it was a more compassionate concept. And I said to myself, well, if we live in a compassionate universe, which is a big if, we don't really know, it's all an assumption. But if we live in a compassionate universe, I felt that was a more compassionate way of the universe being. And still to this day, it's kind of that question of, do we believe? It's a choice. We don't have to believe it. But if we choose to believe that the universe, that life, that that this God-given experience that we're having, is it here to support us and help us? Or is it just some mechanistic random thing that really has no meaning behind it? We can choose either one. And I guarantee you, if you look for evidence that it's one or the other, you will find it. And, and that's the really amazing thing about life. When we choose to look for something, we always find it, regardless of what it is. It's not about it being right or wrong. It's not about it being true or untrue. It's what do we want to focus on? What actually uplifts us? What actually, you know, do we feel serves us in our life? And I always say, look, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. If it serves you, great. So, I prefer to choose that we live in a compassionate universe. So in a compassionate universe, in, 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 a, in a world where life actually supports us, even when it doesn't seem to, then maybe pressure isn't that destructive force that we've always thought it's been throughout our life. So I want you to just think about that you know, sit with it, meditate on it for this week until next week's show and take a look at your own life and see where maybe you're looking at pressure as sort of a negative thing where it's maybe not such a negative thing. So think about that and and you'll let me know next week uh, uh, what you come to. Um, And I see already on the Facebook Live, loyal listener Patty checking in. Glad you're with us today, Patty. I know you're going to love today's show. So, um, and just remember, if you haven't gotten my book yet, you can always get it at www.everydayawakeningbook.com. Okay, so now it is my extreme pleasure to welcome to the show ordained minister, licensed psychologist, author, and fellow fellow talkradio.nyc host, Reverend Dr. Terrilyn Curry-Avery, affectionately known here as Reverend Dr. TLC. Um, she is a pastologist, so that's kind of both an ordained minister as well as a licensed psychologist who invites people into transformation through the journey of sacred intelligence. And we're going to talk about what that really is, tapping into one's internal source in order to make intelligent choices that manifest the good of humanity. She helps leaders discover 
how their sphere of influence can change the status quo and dismantle racism. We're going to be talking all about that today. She's the author of Sacred Intelligence, The Essence of Sacred, Selfish, and Shared Relationships. And her upcoming book is Dismantling Racism, Healing Separation from the Inside Out. Besides being a fellow host here on talkradio.nyc, she's also the pastor of the Martin Luther King Jr. Community Presbyterian Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. Reverend Dr. TLC, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Oh, Sam, I'm so delighted to be here because I usually end my show saying, stay tuned. (laughs) So so I had to rush right over. I am just delighted to be here with you and thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. It's always a a wonderful to have a a fellow host on the network. You know, I have to say I'm really proud of our network because so many of my hosts have been so good at having the other hosts on their show. You know, I've been on almost everybody's show on the network, actually. Uh, Reverend uh, Sandra Bargeman is having me on her show next week, The Edge of Every Day, Monday night, 7 p.m. Make sure to catch it. Um, uh, uh, And so it's always a joy when I can uh, manage to squeeze in one of the other hosts on the network. And you're coming to my show as well. And I'm coming to your show as well in the future. Yes. And stay tuned. We'll announce that when soon, soon as we figure that, get that scheduled. So I do have a quick question for you before we go to break. And, and I know that you've been focusing for quite a while now on this, this whole concept of dismantling racism, of kind of helping to bring it more into people's awareness and consciousness. And this is not a new thing for you, but I'm just curious, was there a single incident, was there a point at which you said, like, that's it, I, I've got to speak up about this? Or was this just something that, that's always been a part of you that, that just sort of naturally came forward? Hmm. So I'll say a little bit before the break, and then I can expand after. I've always been racially conscious, just mm-hmm. being a, a Black woman in these United States that grew up in the South. Right. Uh, and I grew up in Mississippi. So uh-huh. I've always been racially conscious. I've always wanted to uh, work with underserved communities. But the point that I'm at now takes a little bit longer to uh, explain. I will talk to you a little bit about that uh, (laughs) after the break. Wonderful. See what a good host she is. She's like already like (laughs) taking over the show, telling me when I need to go to break and stuff. So she is right though. We do have to take a break now. I do see uh, another loyal listener, Sanaya on the, the, the Facebook live smiles for today, sacred intelligence. Oh, I guess today's a sacred intelligence day. So (laughs) we'll get into that. So when we come back, um, we're going to get into a little bit more about why this is such a passion for Reverend Dr. TLC. um, And and what is it about this work that, that really motivates? And then what is it that we can all learn? about it and and it's not just the external it's really about the internal because you guys know i love to talk all about that deep internal work so please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we do this every thursday 12 noon to 1 p.m eastern right here on talkradio.nyc and all over facebook through on my pages inspired thoughts and talk radio nyc and conscious consultant and we will be right back after these messages 
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with Reverend Dr. Terrilyn Curry Avery, affectionately known as Reverend Dr. TLC. So, um, so, so Reverend Terrilyn, Ter- um, as you mentioned, this is something, obviously, being a woman of color, you've dealt with your whole life. It's something that I've been very conscious of, too, because I grew up in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And, and when I was a little kid, I mean, I was the Jewish kid in the neighborhood, and there were a few Jewish kids, but it was a very Irish Italian kind of neighborhood. And then I think probably about the time when I was in junior high school, um, they started integrating thing. They were busing kids in from the South Bronx and there was all this tension. And really primarily I, I felt like the tension was, was mostly from sort of the Catholic kids with, with the, the, uh, the kids of color. And I remember there were all kinds of horrible things. They, 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 they burned a bus that, that had the kids on it once. I mean, they, they got out. I don't think anyone, you know, minor injuries, but, but there was a lot of tension, a lot of problems with it. And, and for me, I didn't quite understand it. You know, I mean, uh, being Jewish, we have our own story around, um, anti-Semitism and, 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 you know, what's happened to us throughout, uh, our, uh, history. Um, and, and when I got to high school, I mean, there was everything in my high school. You know, I went to Bronx high school of science. It was one of the specialized high schools, but there were 
all kinds of minorities and people from like every single background that I'd never met before in my life. And, you know, uh, Hispanic and black and Asian and Greek and Italian and this and that. And, and the truth was, it's like, nobody really seemed to care. And, and it was more like, oh, well, they were the jocks and they were the burnouts and they were the hippies and, and, you know, this, and, and I actually got so used to it that nowadays I, I, if I end up like going to some event or I'm with a group of people and like everybody is white, I don't feel comfortable because I'm like, where's everybody else? Because I'm so used to being in New York City. I've been here my entire life. I'm so used to there being a mix because we're such a melting pot that when, when it's all of one thing, I'm like, it doesn't feel right to me. So I imagine with you, it's kind of like the opposite. Well, yes, I, I would. So, so here's the thing, you know, moving from the South, going to school, I went to an HBCU and historically black college and university. And then all of my graduate degrees have been from white schools and also just interacting on a business level. It's often many white people that I work with. And so it is opposite from that perspective uh, of who I encounter in what spaces, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, there's so many things, Sam, going through my mind because I loved what you read and, 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 and how we began to change those narratives as well around uh, pressure. But I do want to just respond to what you asked me about why I engage in this work. Was there a particular thing? So for me, I uh, at one point worked in uh, a high school that was predominantly black and brown. And I began to look at the differences of what was happening for students. So many times students of color would be expelled more. They would also end up uh, being diagnosed with an emotional disturbance. And Uh in this school that was 95% black and brown, the white students would always be in the honors courses. Uh Surely in a 95% school of color, there were black and brown students who should have been in the honors courses. So one of the things that I began doing was um, I actually, uh, and actually at the request of the um, special education director, I began looking at how we were defining social emotional disturbance, how we were just putting kids in there. And because I am a psychologist, I could look at it and I could take kids out and, and, and if they needed a diagnosis, diagnose them with something else. But beyond that, I also for years spent time training educators on how to have courageous conversations about race with Glenn Singleton. So when I got called to go to divinity school, I began working with him, uh, traveling the country doing this uh, because I could not work in the school system full time. So it afforded me the opportunity to do that. I left that though. Once I, once I got my divinity degree, I left that and said, God is calling me to do work around the wounds of religion, which I am still passionate about. Mm -hmm. But then we would hear more and more and more about black men in particular, also black women, but more black men being shot and killed by the police. Mm -hmm. About what time was that? 
This was during uh, President Obama's administration. Okay. And so this would have been in 2015, we really start hearing more and more between 2015, 2016, and 2014, all of that time. And so uh, one of the things that happened is because I had moved on to the wounds of religion, I had a friend who kept saying, but you cannot be silent about this because you're a leader. And as a leader, you're called to speak out. Now, interestingly, I was the pastor of predominantly white church at the time. And the sentiment was, at least from one or two of the people, was that Sunday morning isn't the time to talk about race. But I am who I am. And so I did address it a couple of times, (laughs) but still decided I'm being called to this work of the wounds of religion. But then 2020, when George Floyd was murdered, yeah, yeah, because I have the expertise in doing the trainings on dismantling racism, and because I am a transformational leader, I could no longer say, well, I'm doing the wounds of religion. I needed to do something. So if you ask me, is there a pivotal moment with why my business began to shift a little bit more? It was what happened in 2020 and it was seeing my children who come from a different era having to still go through the same things and and you know it's when you say that it's like and i see people like oh my god like how could this happen but i remember amadou diallo you know how many times he got shot the south bronx i remember rodney king and what happened in la and that was decades ago and so it was like I remember those, like, like those are like huge imprint in my mind. It's like, how could you not know? Like how unconscious could you be that if you've lived through that, that you don't even remember that. And it, to me, it was more like, what, this is still like, oh my God. It, and, and so I guess because, you know, again, I live in Manhattan, I'm in New York city, the media capital of the world. It, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it, it just, amazes me that people can be so siloed into their own sort of echo chamber where they they listen to people and and news outlets that just sort of reconfirm what they're thinking of and 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 it's just you know i try and be i mean i probably do that myself too but i try and and just be a little more aware and Mm -hmm. and i try and pride myself on i i have all kinds of contacts. I, I know a lot of people, my, my, my wife always teases me. She calls me in Chinese, like the social butterfly, because I just, I know tons of people. And yeah. so like, I have people I know who are far left, far right in the middle. Um, the, the, they're in, in all the very conservative, very liberal, very uh, new agey, very, um, uh, uh, I don't know what you consider the opposite of new agey, but very traditional religion. And right. and I just kind of accept people as they come to me and I'm not never out to really change people per se, but it's just like, I see the gamut yet so often, like I hear people say things and they're so stuck in just their own sort of worldview that they can't see things from somebody who, who's, who has a totally different experience from them. Yeah. You know what I, what, but what you're saying is, is that, you accept people, but you also see people. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's happened in this country, and I think particularly for white people, is after the civil rights movement, there was this uh, where people were teaching their kids 
white, I think white families were teaching their kids. You just see people as people. And so people will say, I don't see color. And they don't understand how damaging that is to say, I don't see color because that means you don't see me and how right. I show up differently. And what you just said is you have all these friends and you accept them and you listen, you hear them, you understand their point of view. And so I think that there was this false sense, you know, mm-hmm. of I know Terrilyn, I love Terrilyn, I accept her because she's my colleague, she's my friend but not really seeing me as being different. And I was in New York, you know, during the time of those things that you just mentioned, those horrors. Uh, There were a few others I can think of as you were going along as well. And, And it really is about opening your eyes to become conscious. That's, that's what you're right. about is really like right. consciousness of what is going on around us. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I remember, when I started doing the shamanic work that I do, the, the person who, who facilitated the group one time, he, he made this comment. And I'm sure he got it from somewhere else. There is no them. Right. How often do we hear the phrase or, or just it's sort of in the language like there's an us and there's a them. And it's implied, even if it's not explicitly stated. And when he said there is no them, it was like, like, oh, yeah. There is no them. There is only us. That's right. Yet somehow we take these, not necessarily superficial, but these external differences to say, oh, that's them and, and we're us. Mm-hmm. And it's so completely artificial because we're all just people. And this is one of the things, and this is why I love travel so much, is because when you meet people from around the globe, from different cultures, from different societies, people are really people. There is so much more we have in common than that we have that's different and separates us. I mean, yes, there's a a richness of of people coming from different uh, cultures and, and different backgrounds that that adds that that spice right variety to me is the spice of life that's the way i've always felt um but 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 at the core at the heart people's heart what does everyone want we want to be loved we want to have a good life we we want to you know be acknowledged for things and 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 we want to you know be part of a community and help other people i mean who doesn't want those things. Hmm. We but all you, do. You started out, Sam, with with talking about this compassionate universe. And for me, I see us as being spiritual beings that are just housed in these bodies. And that's right. why we're so connected with one another. There's a, a phrase that I love that comes um, uh, from one of the African tribes, Umbutu. And Umbutu. it really is about I am because we are, we are because I am. Sam, just think about how much richer our lives are, even just from knowing one another. And if we were in that space of only seeing the people who were like us, we do not grow at all. I mean, I wouldn't have my radio show if I didn't. Perhaps it would be somewhere else. But like, but but the beauty of us knowing one another is to be able to experience one another. And so I really appreciate um you know, just that opportunity right. of growth in that way. Right, 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 right. Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so I do want to get into a, a little bit of your your 
term sacred intelligence. And, and because I think that kind of relates to what we were just talking about. And, and then let, let's really talk about um, the, 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 I love the subtitle of your upcoming book, Healing the Separation from the Inside Out, um, because I'm all about going from the inside out. So, so let's, let's sacred intelligence, healing separation from the inside out after we come back from these messages. So everyone, please stay with us. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is the amazing and wonderful Reverend Dr. Tara Lynn Curry-Avery. And we will be right back after these messages. Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7 Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, uh, so, Terrilyn, this term sacred intelligence, where, what's the inspiration for that? And, and what do you really mean by sacred intelligence? So really, because I love psychology and I absolutely uh, love the sacred, I love God, that term actually came from that. A dear friend gave it to me when I got mm-hmm. out of divinity school and I was looking for a name and she's, she's like, this is, this is it. And I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And what I define it as is really being in touch with that sacred part of you. Now you might call it something else. I call it God, but it really is about all of us are created from this wonderful place of love, this wonderful place of wisdom And for me, it's about going inward to be able to listen to your inner being, your inner knowing that's going to help you manifest your greatness while helping other people manifest theirs. So it's not a selfish thing Mm -hmm. that it's all about me. And so, so when we do that, it allows us to make choices that are good for us. 
Because what I find is with our sacred intelligence, if we're in tune with it, we will be careful about what we do to ourselves, mm-hmm. what we do to other people, and what we allow other people to do to us. So do you have maybe a little uh, incident or something where after, like you made a certain decision that afterwards you turned back and said, oh, wow, that really came from my sacred intelligence. That didn't come from like my ego or, or, or my other stuff. I mean, just a little, little example of it. Oh my goodness. All, all the time. I mean, <laughs> from, from who I choose to, uh, uh, to, to like do the forward for my book, the way that things show up in terms of that. I mean, it happens so so much. I can also think about the times when I haven't listened to my sacred intelligence, but when I sit, because this is what's important, Sam, you talked about this earlier about what's happening to us. When I sit in that space of what's my next move, what, what do I need to do that's for my highest good? That's when my sacred intelligence will actually tell me whether I should purchase this particular thing, whether I should move to the right or to the left. And it's just an inner knowing from practice. We all experience it. When we're told, don't go to that store today or don't drive down that street today. When you are in tune with your sacred intelligence, you are guided with the right thing to do. I will tell you just quickly, sometimes we have to do a clearing to get rid of the stuff that's blocking us. I had an incident of uh, something that my sacred intelligence told me. I was sitting in church and I was doing Sunday school and I smelled something burning. And I said to the people in Sunday school, I said, do you smell something burning? And they said, no, I don't smell anything. And so I let it go for a minute and then I smelled it again. Then I said to them, I smell a burnt bagel. We're sitting in the sanctuary. There's no one else in the building. So why would I smell a burnt bagel? Long story short, I said it again. We got up and we started looking. And in our sanctuary, there was a light that was smoking. Uh... So we had to stop and we called the fire department. And when they came, they noticed that there was there were squirrels who had found a way to get into the sanctuary, and there was something burning up in the light. They had brought something in. Oh. You know what it was? It was what? a burnt bagel. Oh my god! Oh, that is amazing. It, it was truly <laughs> amazing that I was so in tune with what yeah. it was, but that came from some cleansing that I had done <laughs> when I was in Peru that brought me back to be uh, able to experience my sacred intelligence. I experience it every day, but I just want people to become aware of when we get too busy, when we get too pressured, we're not in tuned in the way that we need to be. And so sometimes right. it takes a shaman <laughs> to, to clear some energy for us. So right. Can- to, to, to help us to just be more present. Right. I mean, that to me is a real example of presence yes. that you were so present with, with what was in the moment that you were able to pick things up before anybody else was. Yes. yes. 
Beautiful. Um, so I want to ask you, your new book is called Dismantling Racism, which is your show. It's what you're all about now. But the subtitle to it is Healing Separation from the Inside Out. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know, like, how you sort of came to this idea that in order to dismantle racism, we need to heal separation from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you said it beautifully when you began the show talking about the ways in which we look at things. And in order for me to move forward, I have to take a look at myself. Hmm. And I have to take a look at why do I even want to engage in this work? And that's one of the things that I talk about. But there's a deep work that we have to do to figure it out. And I think that if people who want to dismantle racism don't take a look at themselves, you can't help anybody else. Yeah. And so particularly, I want to say for our white listeners, this journey to dismantle racism is not an easy one. And it's not one that we can say, I'm all in. And then we go back to our lives. Right. You're either in it or you're not. And the way that you enter into it is to say, Well, why didn't I know? Mm. Why didn't I know that racism? I mean, you were you were expressing it yourself. You're like, how could people not know? Why didn't I know this? And then deal with that and move on. Don't stay in guilt and shame and fear and any of that. So in my book, I kind of talk about like releasing. How do you release some of that stuff so that you can move on and do the work that you need to do? How do you get rid of anger? so that you can go on and do the work. So so that's why I focus on the healing the inside out because people have to become conscious enough to want to do this work. Right, right, exactly. And, and, and that really, uh, to me, comes down to it is like it's all about how conscious we're being about how we're being in the world. Mm-hmm. And And... You know, I just want to ask you, from your perspective, what really is the root of racism? I mean, I, I'm sure you know, a lot of people say, well, racism is about control. It's about fear. It's about this. It's about that. But from a really fundamental perspective, from a spiritual perspective, what is racism all about? So I'm glad that you put it in a container, right? Because I do think that fear is is a big thing. And I think right. that a part of what happens is, is people think that we're trying to take something from somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I ultimately think it's a disconnect from our higher selves. Mm. Because once I understand who I am, and for me, whose I am, once I understand that, that I'm created from this place of love and divinity, and that I also manifest the universe, the mm-hmm. sacred, the source, whatever it is, I'm a part of that. Sam, I don't have to worry about you having more than I have. I don't yeah. have to worry about the othering because I know that I'm capable of having what you have. Right. right? Now, does that mean that there aren't barriers there? Of course there are barriers, but you said something critical in terms of how we look at the world. And so in my book, I talk about transforming the racial narratives, Mm. transforming the narrative that's in our heads. And so for me, I don't have to live from this ego place. Right. Of Sam's got more. Sam owns the radio station. 
right. right? I don't have to worry about that because I know from a spiritual place that I am connected with my higher source, but I'm also connected with you. And I live from this place of love and that abundance is available to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time I was in a, a, a session with, with my, my teacher and, and who comes from Peru and he was saying how here in the West, I, I think more so, and, and maybe just in the world and civilized society in general, we really see ourselves as separate from everything else. But he said his perception and the way he was brought up, he doesn't see that. He sees the energy flowing from one person to another, to a plant, to the sofa, to the chair, to the, you know, rocks, to whatever. And so that he really sees the interconnectedness of everything. Mm-hmm. But but in, in, in this society in general, we don't see that interconnectedness. We more see the separation. Right. And so it sounds like what you're saying is, it's an internal separation where we disconnect ourselves from whatever you want to call it, source, God, the universe. And and so from that fundamental place of separation, it then be, is it sort of a natural outgrowth of, well, if I'm disconnected that, well, I'm disconnected from you and I'm disconnected to this other person. I'm disconnected to this culture. I'm disconnected to everything around me. Mm-hmm. And 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 since you brought up our wonderful friend Jennifer Huff, right? Even when yeah. she talks about it from a physics place mm-hmm. of, of all our energy being connected with one another, people forget that, and so yeah. there is no them, right? And it, and so that is fundamentally the disconnect is what leads us into this place of racism, and there's always this need to say, I want to be in control. And we think we're controlling our lives. In fact, we are not. We're destroying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely not in control of anything (laughs) except our response to things. That's the one thing I say we can control. We can always control our response of, of, we control our response to what happens to us, but we have no control over what actually happens to us. Yes, you're absolutely right. And I got a beautiful story for you, but Okay, after the break, then. Um, And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the book, about like, you know, what do you hope people get from the book? What's your intention behind the book? And then uh, when we finish things up, we'll talk all about where people can get it and everything else. Okay, so everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And my guest this hour is the Reverend Dr. Terrilyn Curry Avery, Reverend Dr. TLC. And we will be right back after these messages. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. 
Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. I see also loyal listener William on the Facebook Live uh, talking, saying he was just talking to someone about the connectiveness. Um, and, and also just to let you know, like Patty and I are really loving the conversation today. So thank you all. I love my loyal listeners. They're wonderful and they join us every week. Um, so, so what really brought you to say like, okay, I want to write a book about dismantling racism. I need to put this out there. Like, like what was the motivating factor and what is it that you really hope people will get out of the book? So the motivating factor was because I actually had a lot of colleagues, white colleagues in particular, Mm -hmm. who were saying, Terrell, we need help with, with Mm -hmm. understanding how to navigate this. I want to do something. I don't know what to do. And um, really, it was from their urging to say, you should be writing a book. <laughs> you know, uh, I was I was my intent was to write a book on the wounds of religion because uh, I, I that's what I had started doing. And because I had so many people saying, Carolyn, this th- you're poised to do this again. Sacred intelligence often speaks in different ways. So what I hope people will get out of the book is to understand that to end separation is not impossible. A lot of people feel like it's overwhelming to do it. And so in the book, I talk about what is it that we need in order to move us forward, to stay the course, because mm-hmm. again, it's, it's not some trend Yes, can say, I'm going to deal with this now. There are ways that we can do it, and we don't have to be out in the streets rallying mm-hmm. and protesting. There are things that we can do to integrate it in our everyday life. So I hope people will walk away understanding the power of one contributes mm-hmm. to the power of community, and that all you have to do is make a choice to say, I'm going to dismantle this. It's going to be difficult. I am not going to sit here and say that it's not difficult, but uh, but you can do it. And so I provide some tools for thinking about that and from transforming the narrative. And like you, I believe life is a choice. Man. And I, I was thinking as you were talking about the external things mm-hmm. that we experience, like racism and like the Holocaust, it's a lot of pressure. And so we say to ourselves, what, is, what does Sam mean then about a choice? How is that working for my good? Some things are evil. There's some evil stuff that's going to happen in the world, but choice is important when we can, because there's some people who chose to be free. So Alex Borstein, 
who was in the wonder, the marvelous Mrs. Mays, Maisel, Maisel, the story about her grandmother and her mother. And that, and she says, I believe it was her grandmother who was in line to be shot during the Holocaust. Mm. And she asked the guard, what would happen if I stepped out of line? He said, somebody will shoot you. I don't have the heart to, but someone will shoot you. She made a choice to step out of line. And because she did, Alex was there. She lived. And so we all have a choice, no matter how difficult it is. I think about Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Ida B. Wells, all of my heroes, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Fannie Lou Hamer, who was beaten in jail almost to death, but Mm -hmm. she still fought for the voting rights acts. Mm-hmm. of of people of color and more mm-hmm. so we do have a choice we the, we like you said we can't be responsible for the result of that but mm-hmm. i'm going to try my darndest so that i can live knowing that i have served humanity and have done what i've been called on this right. earth to do right and we don't often get to see the consequences of our actions right it's it's kind of like we're put out our energy in a certain way and it may affect people far and wide, but we don't necessarily see it. And, and you know, it's, it's often, sometimes we think, Oh, I have to go out there and touch a million lives. And, and then I think of my wife who's a therapist and she doesn't like doing group work. She likes the one-on-one and sometimes just helping one person to see things differently, to heal their own internal separation you don't know what that what's going to be the result of helping that one person. Who are they going to go out and whose life are they going to touch? And then whose life are they going to touch? And maybe, sure, things don't necessarily happen in our time, right? And it right. may take a few more generations to really come together in a way that we all know is possible, but it, it's not our timing. Yeah. It, yeah. Beautiful. So we're coming close to the end. Uh, um, first of all, where, where can people get the book? It's all over the place, right? Or will yes, be- it's on Barnes and Noble. It's on Amazon. Um, you can go to my website, sacredintelligence.com. And there's a link there as well. It launches on April 18th, but you can do pre-orders now as well. So Right, right. So it's already listed. We have the link. Um, it will be in the show summary when we post it to talkradio.nyc. If I find it real quick before... Uh, we sign off. I'll post it to the Facebook Live. Um, and I just want to ask you, uh, I noticed your necklace, a beautiful Ankh. Why yeah. do you wear an Ankh? Well, because an Ankh is a symbol of life. Ah. And, and so I always think about I am a part of life. I'm a part of the mm-hmm. creation. I'm a part of divinity. So for me, it's just life-giving. Ah, I see. I see. No, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, you know, I, I really want people to really get from this show, from this interview with you, that racism is not uh, just an issue for people of black and brown skin. Mm-hmm. I mean, my wife is Chinese. She's Asian. She's experienced racism over the last couple of years. I'm I'm Jewish. I've I've experienced racism of a different time. Like I don't really consider myself white. You know, it kind of bothers me. Like when they have the demographic data you fill out, and there's like white, black, Hispanic, and that. But 
I'm really Semitic, right? I'm myself and and people of Arab descent. We're we're Semites. We're we're sons of Abraham. Um, so we're Semites. We're not quote unquote Caucasian. Caucasian comes from the Caucasus Mountains. I mean, it's 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 a very different thing. So even just how we categorize things, yeah. it, to me, it almost also causes separation just in how we think about things. And I'm just wondering, is there a way for us to reframe that so that it, it doesn't have to keep reinforcing that, that false sense of separation? Mm. That's a tough one, uh, Sam. And I understand why people categorize sometimes it's for health reasons or whatever, but I do think that, um, the reframing would just simply be around the spirituality of it all, that we are mm. spiritual beings is how I would right. choose to look at it because um, otherwise we are separating people and we can be proud of our culture and our heritage, right. and who we are. We're not trying to take that away from people. We're just saying, let's, let's be a bit more inclusive. I do want to just say this really quickly, Sam. Absolutely. Another important thing for people to take away is this, that we all have something to give in Mm. this cause for dismantling racism. So I want to say what Arthur Ashe says, start start where you are, use use what you have and do what you can. Ah, I love that quote. Yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful quote. And yeah, and and just to sort of reinforce that point, I've seen many reports, business reports, because, you know, just to talk about for business leaders, that companies that are more diverse, more inclusive, actually are more profitable and more successful. And if we think about it, it actually makes sense because the more diverse, the more inclusive we are, the more people we reach, the more people feel like, oh yeah, they're talking to me. And then they feel like, oh, there's something here for me too. So it's, it's, even if you know, even if you you can't buy into the sort of the spiritual side, just from a dollar and cents point of view, exactly. it actually makes sense. You know, it's 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 the bottom line never lies. You know, and and so if you want, you can be as skeptical as you want. Look at the numbers. I actually talk about that a little bit too. It costs all of us. Racism right. costs all of us all the time. Right. Right. Tax Absolutely. Dollar, everything. And and like who also knows, and, and and also from a practical point of view, like who knows if, if you're a teacher, right? You were talking about being a teacher before. If if you're discouraging some you know per, non-white student from pursuing their dreams or their passions, who knows? They could be the next inventor that that cures a disease or or, or discovers some new thing that that uh, you know changes how we view energy, life, anything. Um, we never know what what genius is inside any individual and i just see um on the facebook live loretta says great and informative discussion thank you for joining us loretta appreciate that and patty says great show once again my husband is mexican and i'm white so um you know again it's it's that sense of like well yeah we come from different places um and and uh, uh we all have different backgrounds so so reverend dr tara lynn thank you so so much I really appreciate you taking the time uh, coming on and and let people know uh, when can they listen to your show again? They can listen to my show at 11 o'clock on Thursday mornings, right before Sam's show. I hope they will join me. And I did put the link to the book 
uh, in yeah. in the chat for you, Sam. And I will the post second it. one, not the first one. Right. Uh, I'm putting them both in the, the Facebook Live uh, so people have them. Thank you so much for coming on, Reverend Dr. Terrellin. I, I so appreciate you. I appreciate your courage, your tenacity, and, and your willingness um, to, to really be that voice um, to help people to see like there is a better way to be in life, a more inclusive way, a more, um, a more supportive way for all of us. So thank you for the work that you do. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. And thank you, my loyal listeners, always for tuning in each week. Remember, if you missed any part of today's show, you can always catch the replay on talkradio.nyc. And you know we're all over all the podcasting platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, we're everywhere. Just search for The Conscious Consultant Hour on your favorite platform and you'll find us. Thank you all for tuning in. Remember, later today at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, it's Frank Harrison and his show, Frank About Health. And the um, tomorrow we have all of our business shows, uh, Philanthropy and Focus, Always Friday, Wise Content Creates Wealth. And make sure you catch next Monday evening, 7 p.m., right after uh, The Mind Behind Leadership with Graham Dobbins, Sandra Bargeman and her show, The Edge of Every Day. And I think you might like the guest who's going to be on that show next week. So everyone take care. We will talk to you next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. on edge hey we live in challenging edgy times so let's lean in i'm sandra bargeman the host of the edge of every day which airs each monday at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges that's the edge of every day on mondays at 7 p.m eastern time on talkradio.nyc informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? 
I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 